Alright, welcome to episode 5. Finally. <laughs> I say this every week, but here we are, episode 5 of Video Marketing and Stuff. Not to be confused with the Video Marketing Legend podcast, the host of which I have on today, Chris Schwager. Now, this guy really is a video marketing legend. His confidence and knowledge in this field is just inspiring, to say the least. Uh, I found him through, obviously, his killer content and personal brand on LinkedIn. Uh, he also runs his company Ridge Films, which is actually the highest rated video marketing company in Australia at the moment. So that should tell you all you need to know. Lots of stories and gems from him in this one. So let's get into it. All right, Chris, welcome to the podcast. Uh, how are you doing? I'm well. Thank you, Toby, for having me. No problem at all. Right, let's do the wonderful introduction. You know, what do you do? And how did you get to this point in your career? If you can sum that up in a few minutes, I know it's a lot to it. Thank you for giving me those parameters because I would ordinarily take about 30 minutes <laughs> to try and get through that. I mean, I don't mind. But, um, okay, so he, here's the gist of it. I'm the youngest of eight children, grew up in a very affluent neighbourhood in Sydney South with, a, with lots of Catholicism and Catholic Church and good values and an undertone of racism uh, and bullying. And um, by year 12, I'd investigated that I, school wasn't for me and that the arts was my, my new thing, in particular video. And for the first time, I started to think for myself, Think and Grow Rich was the first novel I had read, novel, book, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd read uh, Napoleon Hill, if you ever get a chance to have a look at it. And it was an opportunity for me to open up my mind and actually start taking control of my life. And so... I made a commitment at that point that video marketing was the new thing. Probably at that point, it was particularly just video creation. There was no, I wasn't coining any particular style at that point because I'd been brought up on VHS and cinema and entertainment. Video marketing wasn't a thing. I didn't have aspirations to be a video marketer. Um, I had aspirations probably to be a famous video director of some sort. And, and the journey of, that many amazing directors like Zemeckis, Scorsese, Spielberg, all the Francis Coppola, they, the journey that they went on was what I really fell in love with and I became very passionate at that point. And I didn't really get that if you wanted to go and have that journey that it required a lot of work and a lot of pain and going through the trenches. and for me that was kind of an exciting proposition to hit rock bottom and try and (laughs) try and come out with it document that process and of course then have the story that i could kind of continue on so um, i actually landed in the uk for after producing um, a series of short films documentaries weddings 21st all that type of stuff and then spent 18 months finding myself in the UK hmm. and, and then, that was, you know, it, was a, it wasn't exactly finding myself, but it led me to come back to Australia and start reach films. And that was in 2002. And even at that point, it was very much about defining what we were at that point, because it was just about monetizing the arts. If you like, it was finding a way to actually make a living from this. 
So I was still producing short films and I was then into feature films. As first assistant director, two feature films in 2005. One was Gabrielle, which is Sony Pictures released feature in theatres and all that. And at that point, I ceased everything creative, everything in the in the entertainment side of the business and went all in on video marketing because there was a paid audience and it was guaranteed that people would watch it. And you couldn't say that for for um, cinema, for movies, theatre, whatever, uh, that, you know, was kind of transpiring at that point. There's a lot of people putting their money down uh, on stuff that they probably really shouldn't have been doing it. But because they believed in what they were doing so much, it really blindsided them to the sales and marketing opportunities. Hmm. Uh, and, you know, just because you had a story doesn't mean that anybody is going to watch it. And I think that was a rude shock for a lot of people at that point. So I was kind of happy not to kind of continue on that. And, you know, over the last 18 years now, I've grown Ridge Films into Google's highest rated video company in Australia. Got to be happy with that. <laughs> Yes, yes, absolutely, man. And, and you know, it's not, we've got to sort of like qualify that and say that is in itself is not an accreditation that was been organically earned, organically grown for us. It was very much a process in place to remain consistent to some basic sales, marketing and financial activity within the business that earned us a sustainable business that has meant we've made a living. I've raised a family. I have a business partner in the same position. And, you know, there's a lot of love in the air, a lot of, um, and a lot of uh, room to grow. Yeah. I don't think there's ever, ever any day where we sit down and go, you know what, I think we had, I'm pretty sure that's it for us. We've learned everything. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, was that a hard decision for you going? from the cinema, you know, story sort of route into video marketing? Did you feel like you left something behind or you were excited for what was to come? I wanted control in a chaotic world. And I say chaotic in that I didn't feel like there was a method to the madness that I was living in. Uh, my history in short films was you know, it was kind of living this, oh, it's, it's art and creative. I, I could spend, you know, weeks on, you know, seconds of this film. I'm happy to do that. And the realisation is if, if it doesn't do what you intend to do, then there's a big letdown as a result. And when the more I got into video and video marketing, video production in the early stages, the first five, six years in Ridge, so 2002 to say 2008 was was the biggest learning curve for us to go from amateur pretending to be professionals to professionals. We own, we own it, we know it, you know, and there was a huge amount of confidence in what we were doing creatively in a, in a technical sense and what we were able to advise our clients on. We still didn't have control over sales, marketing, finances. And to be honest, sales and marketing weren't things that came into our vocabulary, mm -hmm. funnily enough, yeah. which was ironic uh, because now 
that's all that comes into our vocabulary because the video production side of our business is quite systematic and really doesn't require a lot of discussion anymore. There's mm. it's well processed and, you know, we follow a methodology that makes us very open and very future proofed for systematization and for uh, growth and bringing on teams. So if I'm the, the, the answer to your original question was, was it a letdown? Did I feel, do I do, feel depleted? No, I don't think I do. And I was happy to have a lifestyle of abundance and start to know where the next meal ticket was coming from. And, and I only, my only thing in the last couple of months has been we, I still feel like we live in a fairly conservative video marketing space in a very conservative market. And I think there's, more than enough opportunities to be more creative, to tell more stories and to be more human within our business. Yeah, 100%. So I guess, what was there a point where it all started clicking into place for you? I know you say about how you went, you know, you started 2002 and then you got to the point where you felt confident in the, you know, message you were putting out to the brands you were reaching out to. Was there a point where you, you remember where you started to really get it and things started sort of the systems moving on their own yeah probably six months ago oh. <laughs> <laughs> i think the it's the, there's been a couple of milestones for us i think maybe the the features in 2005 gfc in 2006 in 2008 um getting out of a big ass office i think in 2012 and you know, economising and going more cloud-based and being more remote about our approach to, to business. The, I, I like the idea that each one of those, I guess you could say pivot points is what has thickened us, uh, thickened our skin, built the calluses, you know, and, and made us way more, uh, you know, allowed us to put our stake in the ground over time. You know, I think the, taking on some ownership of the business by way of getting educated, getting knowledge, learning, listening, being patient has been the biggest revelation for us. I think it was like 2016. We took, we did two consecutive trips to Boston for Wistia Fest. We, you know, there's thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars gone out in, in really building our knowledge base and being leaders in video marketing. I mean, 2017, I mean, 16, 17, video marketing in Australia really wasn't a thing. It wasn't a term. You know, people still searching video production, looking for videographers. There was no such thing as, you know, video marketing as, as such. Now it's banded everywhere. It's like literally everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the searchability of that is still, is now starting to, starting to be, present and i think it's through the likes of us and plenty of our compadres here in australia that have been able to spread that good word yeah, yeah. But video marketing is a thing and it is an industry and it's not it's not switching on the camera it's something far bigger than that yeah so do people start sort of catching on to what you were doing and then you start to notice a few competitors sort of yeah, forming from what they were 
I, I, I certainly wouldn't take credit for, for you know, taking, the, yeah, yeah. taking, bringing, bringing video marketing into the, to the country. But I think uh, it seems like uh, collectively there's been a lot. I mean, it, it's a big industry, right? Like it is probably even bigger now that uh, so many, you know, video is so more, much more prevalent. I mean, even the last six months, I think yeah. synchronous video is up something like 80 something percent. Pre-recorded asynchronous videos up 50%. The amount of content that is produced is, is just bomb, just, you know, gone off the charts. And I think now it's a great opportunity for companies, video companies to help these businesses transition to inevitably be more video centric about the way that they approach their business. And it's almost now an essential. Like they have no other way to do it other than, other than get smarter and get tidier about the way that they present their videos. So it's, it's a really exciting time, but it is a hugely, as you can appreciate saturated industry because it, anyone with a smartphone is a video producer that that's the that's the most interesting thing about the video production industry is the competition is come down has come down to something that sits in the pocket and it's funny watching tiktok and how quick it is to do things that could take days in after effects for instance i don't want to talk tech but uh-huh. you know we are now and you know someone like adobe premiere suite is really you know gonna start have to start really rocking it and competing against the processing power and speed and automation of, of the smartphone but um you know we in 2000, I think it's 2015, we made a very conscious maneuver to be human in our approach to video marketing. That, you know, animation and explainer videos and things that were, that could, would lend themselves to being commodities, we were, we were wanting to not steer away from, but just not invest time into because humans with any human element in our need people for one, you need to train those people. You need probably camera and equipment and people out on set to be able to do that or in the studio to do that. So it always required labor for, which meant that we could always stay in business, you know, um, until some sort of robot comes along and wipes us all out. So that, that was a big thing for us. And we knew that the pain point, future pain points of businesses was how do they approach their market in a more human, humanized, personalized way. And I think this country like really suffers from this kind of digital automation and the lack of empathy and understanding for the customer. And it's just all about like pushing a button and having leads trickle in. Um, there's very little effort mm-hmm. that goes into the psychology of video and bringing people into a business through, not through, you know, high volume viewed videos but through very intimate personalized videos can have real results in sales and marketing activities. And we know that we're, we're doing it now. Like we're, we're sending videos with props and getting, getting conversions because that video has been so much more helpful in guiding people being the Sherpa in the sales process to get them to sign. And so 
there's so much more to video than just, oh, we've got the Atomic Explainer on the homepage. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is, and, and now in a, in a COVID world, it is, it is uh, you know, it's, we've, I think the world's doubled down now on video within that pre-sale phase of their business. And there's going to be loads and loads of activity, video and emails, video and props, sales videos, asynchronous video, video you know, more uh, Zoom calls and video conferencing and the ability to leverage, you know, uh, people's time through using video as a way to be there without being there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think like you say, it's probably most agencies and, you know, small freelancers are probably pushing the wrong type of video in a sense as they, do you know what I mean? As if they don't know what the impact of that's going to be like, Oh, let's give you a overview video. I mean, that might be right for the client, but like you said, it has to be specific to the situation. So I guess, how do you think agencies and freelancers can differentiate? Because I think that's the key question. Obviously, I don't want you to give away your uh, Ridge Film secrets, but, uh, you know. How, Look, how... Even, if I, <laughs> even if I did, anyone actually implementing? Yeah, implementing. Some They're not going to do some it. Some of the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> they can't so I'm happy, I'm, I'm, happy, I'm happy to give away give as, it all much as much as I can. But look, you know, the... I, I find sole traders, freelancers, videographers on the whole to be quite transient in their, in their profession. And I say that kind of like they're taxi drivers, you know, they'll pick you up, do the, take you where you need to go and drop you off. Um, in my experience with the freelancers that we've employed, you know, say in the last six months, you know how many we've had actually contact us to say, Hey, how's business? How's things? Mm, I'm asking zero. zero. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And why do you think that is? So just the nature. Well, a couple of reasons, lack of knowledge. They are waiting. They rely on, agencies for the work so if the agencies are not finding work or not keeping up with them therefore they don't keep up with it so then it kind of flips sides flips that around they say well if the once the agency comes good i'll be right so mm. they are kind of waiting for for their next ticket the more inclined to go and work on their show reel or shine up their gear or whatever or buy new gear mm. in the downtime rather than looking for the alternative which is to pick up the bloody phone and start talking to some of these people and, and understanding where they are i think in my experience in the first couple of months of covid people really appreciated the calls and i think there was a long-term benefit to come of that one it got us out of our comfort zone to start to care and build a retention process in our business that was pretty much non-existent. And to the long-term benefit of that was that they would actually end up doing more business for us because we were top of mind that we then started to appoint a more 90 day kind of process to send them an SMS, phone them up, leave a message, whatever, send them an email, just, just be there, just be there. You know, don't, don't even, you're not there to try and, Hey man, have you got any work? 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not, it's not like that. It's, it's not like that. You've just got to be cool. Be cool. Man. <laughs> just be cool. <gasps> you know, be, be the, the, the line in the reeds waiting, waiting patiently. And then when the time's right, go up, you know, attack. But, yeah. um, so yeah, I, I think, I think creatives and, and videographers are probably typically like, and I'll speak for myself here, creative being, I'm incredibly impatient and my upbringing of not being told, hating, hated to be not hated to be told what to do being the youngest of eight children, it was kind of ingrained into me. Anybody told me what to do. It's like, you know, that was, that was mayhem it was, it was terrible. I, I need constant positive reinforcement to be told, Hey, you're doing all right. You're work. It's working out for you. Look at you. You're the hero. Hey man, I've never seen anyone do it like you. You're the best. Right. So it's constant praise was, I was feeding off that constant praise. And so it made me complacent to a certain degree. And I'll speak for freelance and say that maybe that's a trend that you could say is custom to that creative personality type that, you know, they believe they're exempt in some cases for being active and proactive about what they're doing in their future and the steps that they need to take to grow and be where they want to be. Yeah. So would you say you definitely prefer the agency model over freelance model? Is that where you're aiming for from the start? The, the, we, we're on the cusp of agency and we don't like to call ourselves an agency because we kind of think there's some negative connotations in a way to that. Yeah. If we are an agency, it's a video marketing agency and nothing more. We're not a digital agency. We're not social media. We have partners for that. We have people around us for that PR print, whatever you want, right? Like those, those people are there when, when the time's right, but we don't try and, we don't try and satisfy our clients by taking on that extra burden of doing something that we don't know how to do. And unfortunately we believe that digital agencies in some cases take on video, like it's their core business. Mm -hmm. And so they're kind of doing it wrong. They're leading by video, they're leading with video, not leading, leading with the problem that needs to be addressed and a video solution that needs to combat that problem, you know? And so, and I know this firsthand. I sat with some digital agencies a couple of years back and it was kind of almost, it was like being in the schoolyard again. It was very discriminative. You think you're going to come in here and just take our clients and like, we know video, we know video. It's like, no, nah, well, I sort of argue that because you know, I don't see any video on your website. That's probably the first place I'd start if, if you're claiming to know video. And so, it puts uh, us in a very good position to, to really take uh, ownership of video marketing and what the methodology that we put in place and to compete with digital agencies effectively, compete with these people and not be the bottom of the food chain. Mm. So we, when you have no skills, no understanding about business, no understanding about how to sell and market and no methodology behind what you, it is that you're doing, then it makes you kind of vulnerable, right? You are at the bottom of the food chain and you are at the mercy of the, the, where those leads are coming from, where those clients are going to come from, what they feed to you. And, you know, many times you have to just do what, is required you have to do what they want and that that system wasn't going to work for us in this new model 
It was like, we play alongside you or we don't play a lot, play at all. That's just it. And the last big client actually in the last couple of months has been exactly that. There's been a synergy between the three entities, their client, us, and then as the, as the agency and it's worked bloody beautifully. Yeah. And, and, and everybody is much like, and they're all relaxed about, about the relationship because I think agreeably everybody knows that we're all working for the greater good. We're not there to try and knock each other down and knock each other out. It's like really doesn't exist that there is a clear distinction between the three businesses and the function of those businesses and the way in which those businesses are going to help in achieving the overall outcome that the client is looking for. So yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting to, to put your stake in the ground and be and lead the way and, and advise clients now on what they should be doing. Not so much about the technical creative aspects and all that, but more about what is the bigger picture here? You know, uh, I'll put it in this scenario. You have a virtual event. You haven't done a virtual event before. We haven't done a virtual event before. The agency hasn't done it. Let's work together, right? I'm going to give you a little bit of what I know about video. The events guys can give you a little bit of bit about what they know about the event side of things. Collectively, let's make this as good as we can because it is the bit of the blonde leading the blonde to a certain degree. And I think there's a lot of up and coming businesses going to go into that event, uh, virtual event space with the same challenges. So, hey, man, open it, up, open it up for people. Like, let's see what those challenges have been and let's try and improve it collectively so that we, we all benefit. Yeah, 100%. Well, I suppose with um, lockdown, COVID, you had a lot of sort of pivoting in your business, do you think? I mean, I know you're, you know, pushing your video services in terms of DIY, stuff like that, but I guess you've seen it a lot more prominent. And has that been an opportunity for you as well as your clients as well? Yeah, at the time COVID hit and we started locking down, there was businesses were saying, hey, we're going to drop our price on studio videos and we're going to drop our price on, you know, day rates and all this other stuff. And we're like, that doesn't really solve the problem, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I'll bring it back to that original call. You know, people are going to lead with empathy, you know, go out and just show you care. And I thought, yep, that'll work. That'll work well for about six weeks. And then at some point they're going to go, what the fuck do you want? Because empathy, empathy is like, yeah, we're doing it tough, but it's like, show me how to improve and get out of this bloody ratty market that I'm in. And so I guess we were, we were, we were blessed. We were graced, right? We had started to remote sell in the start of 2019. So let me, give you a bit of context to this we were burning fuel our time our energy going out and meeting with our clients prospective clients face to face the conversion was lower than it should have been our time was through the roof you go out somewhere for an hour meeting or whatever and it's three hours you know i mean you just blowing time like like crazy and so we were exhausted uh, start of 2019, we turned to our business coach and we said, Jesus Christ, it's got to be a better way to this. This is horrible. We're just out of it. And uh, so we literally overnight went to Zoom 2019, early 2019. That was it. 
<laughs> this is this this is the new sales process. The other That's thing it, is yeah. broken. The other thing is broken. We are not going to do it anymore. And so, we started doing the Zoom thing. Started getting introduced in the Zoom thing. And in the in the initially it was great because we had all this time back. It was so much easier. We could kind of work from home, and it was like, oh my god, this is just like just getting time back in the week was just unreal. And then sort of midway through last year, I started to realize that the first impression that some of these prospective clients were getting of me and us as an organization was a shitty printer and a door and a shit webcam and sound and crappy lighting. And so that wasn't doing it for us, right? And, you know, you've got to think, okay, so we're kind of ahead of a curve respectively to where we are in, in a COVID world. But by the end of last year, we had rebirthed a beta version of the DIY desktop studio that we had built in 2018 and kind of never, never did anything with. So, so by the end of 19, both Brendan and myself had our own kits on our desk and we were virtually doing what you're seeing here at the moment, which is, one button push, all the lights down, DSLR camera, teleprompter, everything is at the desk and it requires zero floor space. And, you know, it's, it's a flick of a switch for us. So it was great and it was working really nicely and people were commenting on it, but we weren't selling it yet, right? It really nobody was, oh, how do I get that, right? Mm. But then COVID hit and we just, without even thinking about it. We're like, let's package it up. Let's get it out. Because, you know, the threat of going through those first couple of months was like, right, we are like every other business, potentially in a great amount of trouble here. Um, if, and, and the phones weren't ringing, by the way, right? The phones weren't ringing. They were going, the phones were going out. They weren't coming in. And we had to stir up some serious trouble and we 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 were we we'd sold brendan's kit it, it left his office to go to a client's office that was the first kit that we sold we ripped oh it out i'd I, I only had it in there for a month or so and all of a sudden he was back to this shitty webcam again and <sighs> and we basically that you know we started to basically fund um bringing in all the components and stuff so we had sold, I think, five or six of these things and we still hadn't got all the parts in. So the, the problem with, you know, doing this thing, building this DIY hardware was it required over 25, 30 different separate bits to make it work. And, you know, virtually missing any one of those bits was, was meant that it wasn't gonna, it wasn't gonna come together. So that was kind of the next challenge. And then because, you know, like everything's kind of stopped and there were some suppliers that just wouldn't give us like deadlines on when this stuff was going to come in. So we kind of suffered through that and then it eased up and it became much easier just to kind of start building a bit of a buffer of additional stock to be able to help when those you know new orders were coming in. So it, was a bit of an evolution in the first couple of months where we're like, okay, 
But if this is just going to be hardware, this is not going to make us rich. Like we're not going to get, this is not going to, we're not going to be growing a business based on hardware, right? Mm. Um, it's not, you know, patented, it's nothing, right? It's hardware, it works, it's great. We, you know, hand on heart know that it's great for business and great for what people need to do right now. But it's, it's not, if it's not part of a bigger operation, it's going to be talk shit. So it became the DIY program and the DIY program is effectively three, three areas, the hardware, the assistance from a video marketing agency and video marketing company like us and the remote editing side of things. And so we're basically opening up our whole methodology to people and saying, Hey, we're going to coach you. We're going to coach you so you can do this at home at the convenience of your desk and deliver abundance of content to help you get it out to market. And so that's where it pretty much takes us to today. Yeah, so you turn into a physical shop at one point. I bet that was a bit of a change, sending out physical product and dealing with suppliers must have been a bit of a, like you said, it was obviously a bit of a nightmare at one point. But um, it's, it's still, it's, it's not like it's, it's still a nightmare. Still, it's not, I wouldn't call it a nightmare, but it, it is, I'm, I'm already, you know, I'm already a scriptwriter, sales guy, cameraman, bloody director, yeah. you know, training coach, blah, so blah, hats, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And now I'm in manufacturing. I'm in, you know, <laughs> delivering stuff. I'm Supply an AV chain. tech. <laughs> yeah. 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 And now I'm bringing it all. So look, I'm, I'm happy with that, but I have made it very clear to the team that this has to change in order for us to be able to get out of this thing and, and to grow out of it. Because if I'm, you know, 55, still pushing a bloody camera around and putting gaffer tape on the floor, I'll be like, mm, I'm out of here because, you know, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing. I don't think there's anything really inspiring about, about not being able to, get your business, your profession into a, into a, into shape where you are able to at some point walk away and know that it's still functioning without you. And I think that's really our goal is to get things systematized, get it outsourced, get it working for our business and uh, get us away from those day-to-day tools and really into some specialty areas that are going to make us um, a lot more uh, prosperous definitely uh, i think that sort of leads me on because when i look at you obviously you have all wearing all these hats obviously working seems to be working quite a lot where do you think you'll be in like 10 years will you be able to is your plan to tone it down like, are you super stressed with your workload at the moment what's the plan with that for you personally i think the, the personally mm. managing time managing stress managing balance of life is really where I think you know you can be off the rails and be scattered all the time or you can work it out and kind of like our business we've been able to work out the method to that and the flow to that and you know to proactively know where the next opportunities are coming from and have our finger on the pulse with sales and stay in our lane and have consistent marketing and all those other stuff the same sort of thing just has to happen in our personal lives and both brendan and i collectively go through and have lots of discussions around how we make that 
how we do that as as individuals. And you know, this week it's all been about just just taking that time away from the desk because you know we are desk bound, man. We are mobile. We're on. We're on, on, on all the time, and consciously understanding that and being able to pull away and say, Jesus Christ, I just need like five minutes with my shoes off on the ground, out in the grass where it's hot and just breathe it in, man, you know, and just look at the bloody tree for, for five minutes and just think about something other than what I've got to do next and just give that minor, minor rest, I think is so healthy and just free. <laughs> and look, meditation, man, meditation, all that shit is on its way. And I think it was Gary Vaynerchuk that said, you know, meditation was going to be the next big thing, you know, and I, I tend to agree, you know, we're going to be as society. So, so suffocated by the circumstances of our situations and, you know, people are going to have to either, it's going to be, you know, do or die, you know, it's either they find alternatives to their current lifestyle and their current behaviors and they start, uh, you know, implementing things that are going to improve the quality of their life rather than, diminish it so i'm looking for a long-term relationship with myself um and i and you know i, I want to go i want to go all in you know i want to go for a while i don't want to be the charlie still going out on on set because i have to and yeah. i'm gray as fuck <laughs> like i'm not interested in that Mm. But I, I am interested in still leading the way in the video marketing space and really, you know. That's, I, I that's said, your purpose at the moment, yeah. Your true north yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What am I going to do, like 65? What Just, would I do? Yeah, you don't want to be 65? chilling, do you? But you, you want to choose, have choice. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, I, video has been my life forever. Mm-hmm. Like I had my hands on a video camera at age five, you know, I was making animations, I was doing stuff. And this was back in their chest tape days, you know? And so it has literally been everything for me. It's, it's a career that I, that I took on because it had no rules at the start. There was no accreditation needed. I didn't need to go off and, you know, do four years learning about everything, but media and camera. I, I knew I could just be hands on and do stuff that I wanted to do and nobody was going to stop me, you know, and include my parents who were, who raised seven other children and had by the time it got to me really loosened off the, the reins and said, you know, if this is what you want, then go for it. And so I'm, I was very appreciative that I didn't have any resistance in my, in my life around that that i had no parents were holding me to rules and said go and get a bloody job you know (laughs) it was just it was just me finding my way and finding my feet and i was and i knew that it was going to what the the path that i was going to take in doing this in this way and almost rebelling against the system that i think could have been very good for me but i wanted to go through the trenches remember i said i wanted to follow that journey I wanted to have a story to tell by the end of it. And I didn't want to regret any, any decisions that I made. And I still don't. It took me a hell of a lot longer, but I was 18 on a feature film where for years people were telling me, Oh, if you want to go into features, man, you've got to be a freaking dog runner. You got to be the bottom of the shit barrel. Oh, the food chain. Yep. Oh, I was catering, go and join a catering company. 
There's, there is nothing. You want to be a director, be a chef. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's right. And so I humbly sat on that set and just mm. went, you know what? I think this is, this is good for me. And I, this is a bit of a milestone for me. And, uh, you know, thankfully it was like a notch on my belt and I, and I you know, loved every moment of it. Wow. Yeah, there you go. So do you think, I think the culmination, this is your life's work. Do you ever think more education to people starting out will ever be a thing for you in, you know, whether that's video marketing, business, you know, do you ever think you'll take like a mentorship role or overseeing an education company, anything like that? Or your thoughts yeah, on that? Yeah, 100%. I'm all in. I'm already all in. You said it. I'm, I've been thinking about it for a long time and it's even just this week I was looking at a platform to to use to help us with a whole bunch of different uh, education training style um, things that we want to do but you know I, I say this because I, I hand on heart believe that we in Australia live in a very DIY culture and it's not just related to video it's everything from you know, putting in a new bathroom to digital marketing, to running a business, to whatever, right? It's, it's just this, it's ingrained in our DNA that we would give it a crack before we actually took on the mentoring, took on a coach, asked somebody for help. You know, we, we, for some reason, love to go through pain, great amounts of pain to learn by attrition learn that okay i won't do that again oh, i'm going to find somebody else uh i'm going to do it a smarter way or i'm not going to do it at all so we lack the patience to take on some real learning and we lack the resourcing for that as well so i say this in almost every bloody interview that i do but when websites were developed nobody handed out the rule book and said hey this is how you put a digital brochure together it was the same for socials, the same for video. These digital activities never really came with instructions. <laughs> you know, we're still 20 years after having a website live, still kind of like pitter-pattering, trying to find how it all clicks in and what people need to do and how we can kind of maximise the effort of building sites, using videos. I mean, you know, my clients pitch to me now the benefits of video. You brainwashed it's perfect. So, so, so the reverse pitch me mm. and I go, I've, I'm, I'm 18 years into this business professionally in video marketing. You know why I, I just, it's, it's not about the benefits of video anymore. You know, anybody that doesn't know that, you know, video is a way to humanize, leverage, simplify, blah, blah, blah. is <laughs> is kind of a bit behind the times, right? Like, yeah, yeah. So let's just get to the real, topic of discussion how the fuck is it going to work for you you know how's it going to work for your business and you know getting to the bloody getting down to bloody you know the root cause and, and it's funny because the, the inquiries that come through are often people don't have a why you know and a reason and um, unfortunately those sort of, sort of opportunities don't really eventuate to anything because you know they're, they're they're deciding on video for the wrong reasons, effectively. And, um, you know, I think 
those that are fortunate enough to listen to us and to understand that we can actually help them on their quest to uncover what the real problem is and then be able to identify that and offer video solutions that are going to combat that problem. I'm very grateful that we're able to offer them something than just a, Hey, here's a video. Like we, we win to video companies that quote price. Like that's what the client's actually wanting. And in lots of cases, the client wants guidance. They just want help. They want, they want to be told what they need and, and work together to be able to help do that. And so back, back to your question about freelancers and videographers, they're not asking those questions. They're like, yep, labor over here. How much, how long do you need me? This is my rate. So how does a videographer, how does a freelancer differentiate? And I'll say this very hastily without thinking about it, but these guys are walking billboards. And I always said this when I was working on Gabrielle back in, you know, 15 years ago now, you know, there's people, there's so many crew on that, on that set. They're all walking billboards and whether you knew it or not, whether you felt it or not, there was always somebody looking at you. There's always somebody judging you, um, considering you for maybe other opportunities. If you didn't consciously recognize that and be on your A game all the time, I think you're missing an opportunity. And there's a lot of people that I found didn't get that and it kind of burnt their bridge with me because I had rich films for three years before this. I already had that established and those that didn't kind of impress me in their professionalism on set were like, eh, you know, I'm running the risk here. You know what I mean? I might just give this one a miss. So be on your A game, man. Be the walking billboard. Be nice to everybody. Be helpful. Jesus Christ, man. Improve my life. Yeah, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, look, I just think, you know, at, at the bare minimum, that they, they are some things that you could do that cost you nothing, but just some consciousness about your behavior when it comes to dealing with clients and being respectful of their time being respectful of their ideas and what they like to do and be the bloody sherpa help help guide them in a environment that they just don't always get the most of the time our clients are brand new they don't understand all this right so help them help yeah so what you're saying is a freelancer can position themselves as a solution rather than just a day rate that's what you're saying a hundred percent, you know, yeah. until they get big them. enough to run a production house like yours or whatever. Yeah. I just, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You okay. know, it's, 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 I think it's irrelevant for me to kind of pitch sales and marketing and, and, and finance to, to, to somebody that is, is all they've known is day rates and doing a really kick-ass job on set for people. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. You've got to manage your bass. You've got to manage your buddy. Thing. you know hopefully it all works out and the, the phone doesn't go too dead for too long but i think the best thing you can do is just just care and be there and be human and try and associate with some of the pain points of the people that they're working with i think that's going to be increasingly more important particularly now in a in a covid world where there's there's potentially a lot of 
upcomers that they're going to be competing against, not to mention, you know, outsourcing to Philippines and not to mention the smartphone. Well, thank you, Chris. I think we're coming up to an hour. I'm obviously don't want to use all your day because you're a very busy man. Um, anything you want to end on, mention, feature, words of wisdom? Toby, I just love the way that you listen to me. Um, good on thank you. you. I, I really wish you all the best with your podcast, brother. And I just, I think it's great if you at such a young age is going out and actually doing something like this, you know, it might be for your own personal reasons, but if you are from where I sit, you know, anything that's adding more value to, um, you know, a very green community and of people that are just starting out and understanding how all this is going to click into gear, then I, you know, all the, all the props to you, man. I think you should keep cracking on with it, you know, and maybe one day get known for it, right? Do your 70, do your 70 episodes and come back and we'll talk again. Focus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. So look, no worries, man. And look at any, anyone else, uh, just, just swing by video legend podcast, video marketing legend. We're, uh, just starting out now podcasting, um, journey as well. So head over to a video marketing legend, connect with me on LinkedIn is probably the next best thing. I'd love to get your thoughts on the podcast and to see how we can, kick ass like toby well there we are episode five all wrapped up huge thank you to chris for coming on so much knowledge so much experience um yeah he really knows his stuff in video marketing and that's what i think i and hopefully others can take away from this is that there's a whole new perspective on video not making it for video's sake but making video that is a part of your strategy that really connects with that audience and yeah, there's so much possibilities with it. So we'll see how it goes from here on out. Hope you enjoyed that. And of course, go check out chrisridgefilms.com.au and his podcast, Video Marketing Legend. Loads of stuff on there. And yeah, I'll see you in the next one. Peace.